my brothers and sisters in the Lord, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the season of light, it was the season of darkness. For those of you who remember those lines, it is the opening of Charles Dickens' famous novel, A Tale of Two Cities. Now, Dickens was speaking about two cities, Paris and London, during the French Revolution. But today, my brothers and sisters, I don't want to speak to you certainly about Paris or London or Rome or New Orleans. I want to speak to you about two other cities, the city of God and the city of man. And in speaking about these two cities, my brothers and sisters, for us to come to not only an understanding, but to begin to reflect on our commitment as citizens of heaven. Our commitment, my brothers and sisters, that each and every day we're pulled between these two cities, the city of God and the city of man. And each and every day, you and I have to make decisions. We have to recommit ourselves to decide which city do we pledge our allegiance. Now, we recognize, my brothers and sisters, that in much of the Old Testament, the whole notion of the term city has a very negative connotation. I mean, go back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 4. After Cain kills Abel, what is the first thing that he does? He forms a city. What is the second thing that he does? He establishes the sewage and water board in the city. I don't think that's in the Bible, but you get my drift. He builds a city. After the great flood, what do the people do? They build a city. Remember, that city has a tower. And it's God who destroys that tower and scatters the people out of the city. Think of the connotations that cities have, such as Sodom and Gomorrah, Nineveh, Babylon. And it is not just something, my friends, that's found in the Old Testament, even in our own times, that sort of connotation. There's that old story of the woman in New York City who was a billionaire, and when she died, she left her entire estate to God. That was in her will. And so after a long process, the probate judge finally made a decision and he said, I'm going to dissolve this will because we cannot find God in New York City. <laughs> my friends, put any city in there. You see, my brothers and sisters, this whole notion of the city of man and all of our success and all of our achievements and contrast that to the city of God which we hear about in our second reading from the book of Revelation. The new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, this beautiful city whose foundations is on 12 pillars which have the names of the apostles inscribed. 12 gates in this city. And there's no need for a sun or a moon. There's not even need for a temple in this city because the radiance of God is at the center. It is God who provides the light. It is God who provides the essence and the very well-being and welfare. The city of man as compared and opposed to the city of God. 
And you see, my brothers and sisters, this struggle in our own lives exists whether or not we recognize it or whether or not it sort of goes over our head. Because each and every day, decisions that we make, individuals that we encounter, circumstances that we have, we have to make a choice. Are we citizens of the city of God? Or are we falling more into the city of man? And do we live our lives, my friends, so that the city of God, so that the kingdom of God may become more a reality in this life? And to praise God, we experience the fullness of the kingdom in the life to come. And so what are some of the major differences between these two cities? There's a laundry list, my brothers and sisters, but I just want to reflect with you this morning on three of them. The city of man and the city of God. One of the things, my brothers and sisters, is this. In the city of man, oftentimes, people are driven apart. Where in the city of God, people are brought together. In the city of man, it's very divisive in separating individuals. But in the city of God, people are brought together. I mean, look, my brothers and sisters, from our own lived experience. We live in a society that is becoming less rural. People are living closer and closer to one another. And yet, even though we may be closer in proximity, we're farther away from each other when it comes to relationships. I mean, I see it all the time. There's children who are sitting across from each other on a park bench, and they're texting one another rather than having a conversation. I mean, as great as modern technology is, Oftentimes, instead of bringing people together, it's bringing us apart. And this whole notion of the city of man and the values that our society holds, which is often opposed, certainly, to the values of our faith, it doesn't matter if you're in the big city, or you're in the suburbs, or you're in a rural community. Because with technology today, my brothers and sisters, the values of the city of man is in every living room right through the television or the internet or anything else. And that's the struggle. It is what Pope Francis terms this global indifference. He writes this, we have fallen into a globalized indifference. We have become used to the sufferings of others. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't concern me. It's none of my business. We become so used, my my brothers and sisters, to other individuals' sufferings or that what we see on television, that we sort of just pass it over. It's none of my business, it doesn't affect me or my family. So whatever it is, it is. That's the city of man. But the city of God, my brothers and sisters, doesn't drive us apart. The city of God brings us together. We come together as a people of God. We come together into the family of the church. We come together to live out our faith. Did you hear in the second reading from the book of Revelations, it noted that in the New Jerusalem, in the holy city, there were going to be 12 gates. Why 12 gates? Because there were 12 tribes of Israel. One for each of the tribes to enter into the city. As Jesus prays in the gospel, I pray that none may be lost. It brings people together in living out our faith. 
The second thing we notice, my brothers and sisters, as we contrast these two cities, the city of man and the city of God, is that the city of man is often governed by law. The city of God is governed by law, but it's governed by the law of love, the law of charity, which is very, very different. Because in the city of man, many times we are governed by laws that do not conform to the moral law, that do not conform to the natural law. We are governed by laws that are very much different than what we believe, than what we hold true. We're in the city of God, my brothers and sisters. We're governed by the law of love, the law of charity, which means self-sacrifice, one for the other. And that's a very different notion. Remember what Jesus says in the gospel, I have not come to abolish the law of the prophets, but I have come to fulfill them. And how does he fulfill them? Through the great commandment of love. Love God above all things and love your neighbor as yourself. How is something fulfilled? It is brought to completion. What is lacking is added to it. And what was lacking in the law was the commandment of love, the commandment of charity, in order to follow in the footsteps of the master. You may be familiar, my brothers and sisters, with the little story or the short story of the sorcerer's apprentice. And if you're not familiar with the actual piece of literature, you may be familiar with the Disney animated feature. But the Sorcerer's Apprentice basically has an apprentice who wants to be a sorcerer one day, and so the apprentice is working with the wizard. And his job was to bring water back and forth. And one day the wizard, he goes off to do his thing. And so the apprentice, he's tired of bringing that water back and forth. So he finds one of the wizard's books and he says one of the spells and then the broom begins to bring the water back and forth. And he thinks, that's great! No work for me. But then there's a problem, because after all the buckets and the tubs are filled in the house, the broom doesn't stop. The water just keeps coming and coming and coming until it's up to his ankles. And he's trying everything to stop the broom, but he can't. And then it's up to his waist, and he's still trying, and he's doing everything he can in order to stop this water from coming until he's just about up to his neck. And then, the sorcerer returns, the wizard returns, and with a snap of a finger, everything returns to normal. My brothers and sisters, in that analogy, we recognize that we don't believe in a wizard or a sorcerer, but we do believe in a master. We do believe Jesus is the master, and many times, our brothers and sisters in life, we're up to our necks. We're up to our necks in fear, we're up to our necks in concerns, we're up to our necks in all sorts of things. But the great commandment of love, when we love God above all things and love our neighbor as ourselves, the Lord Jesus is going to handle all of that. And that's why we hear in the gospel today, what does Jesus say to the disciples? Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. My brothers and sisters, there are so many people in our world who are searching for peace. And I'm not just talking about an end to war and conflict. Peace in their very hearts because of their troubles and their concerns. Not as the world gives it, do I give it. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. The great commandment of love, which goes beyond the law, which allows us to live in harmony with one another.
And finally, my brothers and sisters, the last example that I will give you as the difference between the city of God and the city of man is this. The city of man is based upon my personal success. The city of God is pure gift. Pure gift. My success, what I can do as compared to a pure gift from the Lord. I'll read you this quote. There beats within the heart of every man and woman the desire for recognition and appreciation, for power and position, for material wealth and worldly acclaim. Years ago, it was called the drum major instinct. All of us longed to march out in front of the parade. So we strive for success, we build up our businesses, we work our way through the ranks, we plan and project, some of us even dream and scheme, we build monuments to ourselves. Sometimes even the most conscientious of us may step on someone else in order to climb higher on the totem pole of personal achievement. We may neglect our children, lay, us, lay aside a devoted husband or wife, ignore the needs of a neighbor, not because we are certainly bad people, but because we are oriented to our own success. That is how the city of man is built. But finally, we reach whatever it is that we are striving for. And when we do, we find that it does not satisfy. The city of man, my friends, how oftentimes do we build our own success we climb the mountain, we do whatever we have to do in order to reach this achievement. And when we finally get there, we're the most empty person on earth because it has not fulfilled us. Because we're in the city of man and not in the city of God. Because in the city of God, everything is a gift from God. All of my time, my talents, my treasures, everything I have is God's gift to me. And how I use those things and enhance them and make them work for the Lord and His church and the people entrusted to my care, that's my gift back to the Lord. My brothers and sisters, are we giving God back a perfect gift of our very selves? As we continue our Easter journey, my brothers and sisters, let us ask ourselves where our citizenship lies. As St. Paul notes, our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. To which city, my friends, do you give your allegiance? Is it to the city of man and the values of the world and society? Or is it to the city of God, the new Jerusalem that's coming down from heaven, the beautiful and perfect city that has God as its very center?